You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Oz Network as we are coming to you today for another spoiler-free review this time. Oh, dang it, I forgot spoiler-free. For the Marvel Cinematic Universe's latest movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Not Ant-Man vs. the Wasp, which I decided to writing one of our things, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And very excited to talk about this one because Ant-Man is the best Marvel film of all time. Will this live up to the hype that is the first movie? My name is Ben, and I'm going to call you Antonio Banderas. Oh, I get it. Mm. And my name... <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. And my name is Mallory. And you want a juice box and some string cheese? Yes. I really would. I've never had string cheese. Have we been Wait, actually? Before? Yeah. I've told you I want string cheese and you always tell me it's disgusting and I shouldn't have it. Is it not good or... Wait. String what? cheese is different from canned cheese. Isn't that one in cheese when you like spray it out of the can? No, 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 no. no that's like spray cheese. Oh, okay. String cheese is like a cheese string. It's you have those here. Cheese stick. We call it yeah, cheese stick. Yeah, and you can like peel it to make little people. Yes. Well, I'm yeah. glad we're here to talk about cheese string, um, string cheese or whatever it is, but we're here to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, starring Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly and Michael Douglas and the other lady. Bobby Cannavale's in it. Judy, Judy Greer's in it. Uh, lots of people are in this movie. Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. Uh, let's start off, first of all, though, with some initial thoughts on this movie. And we're going to start with Mallory, because you are here today. We've noticed that Colin's not here, so Mallory's here instead. Mallory, what did you think of did Ant-Man? Did you just replace one Canadian with another? Yeah, you're the better one, though. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Aww. Um, well, we saw it a long time ago. Four days ago. So I'm having some difficulties remembering this movie. So he's an Ant-Man, uh, and he gets a little... Really? Yes. Um, you know what else gets little? Sorry. The s- <laughs> listenership of this episode. Um, it's, it's your fault it gets little. I think it's funny. <laughs> when I say things like that, it's disgusting. When you say it, it's funny. And your fault. Move on. Um, um, <laughs> so, this movie... Well, okay. I think that the title, like, kind of leads to something that doesn't happen in the movie. So there's no Ant-Man or the Wasp in it. (laughs) That's false advertising. Secretly about Iron Man and the Hulk. No. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean is just that, like, you expect it to be more about her than I think it is. Right, so you think there's not enough Wasp for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. But that being said... If it was just, like, Ant-Man 2, there's more than enough Wasp. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, they played well off each other and, like, that was all good and well. It was just to have her on the title, I think, was a little bit of an overstep. I would m- mostly agree with that. And I think going into this, from what I've read with the reviews and kind of the hype around this, was that it was around the Wasp and the fact that this is Marvel's first female superhero, you know, not including Black Widow or, um, what is it, the witch or whatever it is, um, the weird Olsen girl in the Avengers, like, this is kind of the first time we've had a, you know, a a Marvel movie with a top-billed female superhero, so, and there's just so much around that which I think is just 
it is a little bit overhyped that, and this is nothing against Evangeline Lilly's Waffles, because we'll get to her performance. It's just, yeah, I agree with you. She's not as prominent as perhaps the title says. And we'll talk about the story in a second, but, I mean, we kind of came out of this movie thinking it didn't really have much of a story. Like, it was kind Mm -hmm. of... It's really circular. Yeah. Bland story. I mean, I think a lot of people complained about the first Ant-Man, that it was just very generic and the villain was kind of, you know, just a stereotype, not that memorable. But at least at the end of the day, it had a a plot from A to B. I mean, this, I guess, technically does, but um, it it doesn't quite have the same structure as the first Ant-Man, which... Uh, whilst disappointing, I, I, I was saying this from the beginning, I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this film. I didn't dislike this movie at all. I mean, I love Ant-Man. I'm still bemoaning him not being in Infinity War. But, yeah, I think kind of that was one of the ones. But, yeah, I, I, just going to your point, I definitely straight away would agree with that. And I think that, you know, you could call this Ant-Man 2 and it's not really going to make a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Thor Ragnarok was kind of a quarter Hulk and it's not called Thor and Hulk. So, yeah, I think kind of, you know, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but we should just quickly mention, I guess, we've, we've gone over the main cast in the film, obviously Paul Rudd returning as Ant-Man, who, you know, you and I both straight away are obviously big fans of Paul Rudd. We've got nothing negative to say of uh, of the Ruddmeister. Yep. We like Rudd. Uh, obviously, Evangeline Lilly. Um, the amazing Kate. I, okay, I think from Lost. Yes, that she was better in the first one. Big call. Interesting. I, I've said that before. You I said did. that when we you watched did. the movie too. Um, um, I would maybe disagree. It could be her hair. Well, look, I, to be completely honest, it could be the hair. The, like honestly, I mean, I absolutely love Angeline Lily. She's she's gorgeous. She's just like you watch interviews with her. She just seems like such a nice person. She's Canadian. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about her on our Lost episodes, and, you know, we're obviously in the earliest days of Lost still, and, you know, she's she's kind of growing in her acting abilities where we are in Lost, but she's come a long way since the days of Lost. I mean, she's, in terms of acting chops, she's great, and she, she's great in this character, she looks fantastic in that suit, oh, does she ever? Uh, but no, we like Evangeline Lilly. Um, Michael Douglas is in, I mean, this really is kind of almost the Michael Douglas show, isn't it? I mean, he's mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the standout in terms of the character and sort of him and I guess his backstory with the Lawrence Fishburne character, uh, Dr. Bill Foster, who, you know, we like Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, we literally Which, saw him the other day in Mission Impossible 3, the black guy, yeah, Morpheus from uh, The Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally a couple of days ago, he was in Mission Impossible 3 that we just uh, covered here on the Oz Network. Um, and sort of outside of that, uh, Michael Pena, who is Luis, he's got much more expanded role and we liked him. I, I was a bit disappointed that we didn't have more of those really fun backstories that he tells, like when they kind of do that yeah, overdub, like, I agree. and I mean, him and his kind of crew are in this a lot more, um, you know, T.I. Did you realize that was T.I., the rapper who plays Dave? And the Russian dude, David Das Malchian. Um, did I say that correctly? Uh, and I guess kind of our, our villain, uh, so to speak. Well, it's, that's it's, a loose I, term. Yeah. There's two villains in that this was film. Difficult. Which is maybe a real disappointment at this film. Hannah John Carmen, as, uh, she plays Ava slash Ghost, whatever you want to say. And I guess kind of the other villain in this movie. Uh, is Walton Goggins, who plays Sonny Burt. So it's kind of, and I guess I'll tie that into the story, which, I mean, pretty much this whole movie is about 
um, you know, Ant-Man, Scott Lang, uh, Evangeline Lily Hope, and uh, Michael Douglas, uh, who plays Mr. Hope. Um, what's their last name? Pim, of course, not Kang Pim. Uh, and they're, <laughs> and they're essentially... I just started listening to what you were yeah, saying. Yeah, thanks. Most people usually tune into our show about this point <laughs> in the episode. Um, it's essentially about them trying to get their mother out of the, uh, the what is it, the quantum realm or the phantom mm-hmm. zone or what is phantom zone, stupid man. Um, basically in the first movie when he got stuck in that area where she got stuck. So that's, they're building the technology to essentially get her out of it and there are people fighting for this technology. So Walton Goggins' character is sort of like an arms dealer sort of, person who wants the technology does he even describe why he wants the technology because it's like black market it's worth a billion dollars that's kind of a spoiler uh not really i mean it's kind of that's sort of what's explained and then i guess we've got this ava ghost character who sort of is tied into some other storylines and yeah i mean it's all intertwined but that's kind of the problem isn't it? there's not really an overlining story because you kind of got these villains fighting for something whilst you don't really feel like there's high stakes involved in this movie do you Mm-hmm. There's just like not. It's just not related enough. Like I still think that if they had made the two villains into one person, it would have yeah, which just like fixed that problem very I, easily. I think it comes down to that we've never met the mother. We've not met who is Michelle Pfeiffer, by the way, who's incredible. Uh, she looks amazing too, Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, I don't. I don't even want to head to guess at her age but she looks amazing um and it's kind of we've never met this character we saw her in a suit in the first movie so we're kind of hedging everything on caring for them rescuing a character who we don't even know so i think another thing that i found a little bit difficult was that um evangeline lily just like I think that they overwrote and she overplayed how much she missed her mom, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, to me, like, and I could be totally wrong, I've never lost a parent, but as a 10-year-old kid, losing your mom, like, I feel like she's now, what, mid-20s, at least? Yeah. Like, it's been 15 years. I feel like she's accepted it and moved on with her life more than well it's is portrayed in this yeah, movie. Yeah. That's a good point because I guess in the first movie it's it's not really a big deal as much. You kind of like it's I mean it's something that never leaves you losing a parent, but at the same time yeah, I, I know exactly what but you mean. But like I think especially as like a little kid yeah. I don't think. Like, I think that um, the father, Pim, he, like, he did a good job and they wrote his amount of missing his wife mm-hmm. very well. But I think that they just overwrote her. And I think I had a hard time swallowing that. I think one thing that fans will come into this movie disappointed with, if you're going into this movie after the highs of Infinity War expecting answers you're not going to no, get any because i guess the key thing that i missed out in the plot line, it happens before it's set pretty much directly after civil war in terms of the timeline 
Um, now, without giving spoilers, the post-credit scene connects into Infinity War, but it still doesn't like. Don't go into this like an angry Ant Man fan like I was. Where was Ant Man Infinity War? You're the only angry Ant Man. I am the only angry Ant Man fan out there, and 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 think, oh, that's why he wasn't in Ant Man because even the post-credit scene, although tying in to Infinity War, it doesn't give you that answer. But the thing with Ant-Man that kind of I appreciated about this, what I like so much about the original Ant-Man is that it stood on its own two feet. It set up this character who, yes, it is tied into the MCU because obviously we had um, Falcon appear in the original Ant-Man and then, you know, Ant-Man would go on to be in Civil War. But, like, it's still kind of, it can stand alone. You can watch it and not know anything about the Marvel movies. And it kind of harks back to the, you know, Spider-Mans and the Fantastic Fours when they're not all, they don't have to be connected. And it's also really Marvel's comic relief. And that's a hard thing to say because Marvel's movies are generally funny. And yes, you might argue Guardians is Marvel's comic relief. Um, or even Thor Ragnarok was, but like, Ant-Man was, you hire Paul Rudd, you're gonna be going into it for a more comedic touch. Ant-Man and this movie very, was genuinely funny. It's very sarcastic funny as yeah. well as just funny. If it's very Paul Rudd. It's very it fits into who if you if you've ever seen anything with Paul Rudd in it, you know exactly what you're gonna get. And he's likable, so you're always gonna like it. And I think too, like this movie, without a couple of in for a couple of references to Civil War and, Cap- you know, I fought with Captain America. Again, there's really no connections to the MCU in this, except for the final scene after the credits. Yeah, like one of the very first scenes and the last scene. Yeah, yes. So it, it's it's kind of, again, and, like, I think it, it works well in that aspect as well. Um, so, I mean, I like that, how they did that with with how they tie that into it as well. I mean, the three MCU films have had this year... You know, Black Panther smashed all records. Um, to me, still very overrated. Uh, Infinity War, great. Smashed all records again and has just set this off, you know, this whole universe on to bigger and better things. And I guess Ant-Man and Wasp was always going to be the kind of, just the, the safe bet. It was, it's not going to blow any records. We'll talk about the box office soon, but it's just, it was, it's just going to be a standard hit. Just like the first Ant-Man. You know, for the most part, Marvel fans are like, yeah, Ant-Man's a good movie. It's not brilliant. It's not terrible. It's it's good. It's entertaining. And I think kind of overall to me, this this is not as good as the first Ant-Man, but I still thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I agreed to that statement. Um, I think that, you know, you can go into this and just sort of check your head at the door and, I mean, genuinely some real laugh-out-loud moments in this film. Um and no matter what you say about Evangeline Lilly and kind of, you know, as I said, I agree with you about kind of overselling slightly the fact that the wasp in this film, the chemistry between her and Paul Rudd is amazing, mm-hmm. even though it's, like, yeah. not... It's not as prevalent as it was in the first Ant-Man, but these two, like, they just... They fit with each other. Uh, I really... Again, I liked the fact that, you know, we had more Luis and that. Did you like the, the sort of the more Luis? Because he definitely has a much more expanded role in this film. Yes, I agree. Can I just I, uh, suggest that we it's on. It's put it towards on. your it's mouth? On. Thank you. You think um, she'd know eventually. She's a co-host now of one of our shows. But um, what was the question? Um, Luis. D- yeah, Luis. I, you like his yeah, it's it's funny because he's like comedic relief in a movie that was already made to be comedic relief. Yeah, if that makes sense. And it just 
yeah he just he fits very well with this movie because i feel like it's just such a group of oddballs that he's just like i don't know he's well, he's very good in his role i really enjoyed uh one new character in this film the uh the fbi guy um jimmy woo the the guy with like the magic the and everything oh yeah like he, he kind of starts off and you're kind of like oh, okay but he actually like turns into like a pretty funny guy uh, so I actually kind of like him. One thing I was disappointed I with... I forgot about him, to be clear. The, the one thing that I was disappointed with the lack of, uh, we, we didn't have much Judy Greer or Bobby Cannavale. So, um, uh, Paul Rudd's ex-wife and her husband and, like, his uh, daughter. Thank you for re-explaining. So basically, the extent of Bobby Cannavale scenes is him just hugging people. Um, <laughs> and Colin and I have talked to the extent of Bobby Cannavale love and listened to our third watch episodes to hear how much we talk up how great Bobby Cannavale is. Plus, he's got a great... Can I just establish... I've never really said how great his name feels to say, rolling off the tongue. Bobby Cannavale. Can you say that? Like, that's a nice name to say. Bobby Cannavale. See? Like, doesn't that sound nice? Like, rolling off the tongue? Like, you know, Bobby Cannavale. They're not really in it that much. But, um, stunt-wise... The little girl was, though. She... Yeah, and she's actually quite good. She's, like, she's a pretty decent actor. So, yeah, she's good. Um, stunt-wise, uh, special effects-wise, as always, looks fantastic. But I think the thing that I really like, because, again, it's a movie that, like, they're not that much in Ant-Man and Wasp mode. Like, I'd like to see someone kind of go through this and give a, a screen time for how much Ant-Man's actually on the screen. It was... Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot more about them sort of out of suits. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I mean, like, the car chase, for example, was fantastic. I agree. And, like, the, the thing I that I see... Yeah, go ahead. They they almost advanced their tech too mm. far in oh, this Oh, you movie. think they went too far? Okay. Oh. Explain. Well, I was just thinking along the lines of not very much in suits. Yeah. I think that they just, like, kind of... They advanced their tech enough to not need the suits. Yeah, I agree. As much. And that's what I was about to say. So like one Which thing I, made it less action. Well, maybe not less. Well, I don't know. Well, I think, I think, yeah, I get what you're trying to say. I think the thing that I really appreciated was, I mean, I think you're a fan of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Honey, oh, I Blow Up the Kids. Those movie. sort of movies. I really, I really love sort of movies where they play with size. Where, and not those type of movies, get your mind out of the gutter. I was not um, there. Oh, damn it, Ben, just, you're the one who's got minds in the gutter. <laughs> um, I love, you know, like, you know, you're going to see these people, like, shrunk really small or grown really loud, and I just, I love those type of films when they do that, and it's done so effectively. Like, you're right, like, they use a technology where, yeah, they're in the suits. Ow, 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 are, 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 you, are you okay? <laughs> I don't know, what is she doing? Uh, do you need assistance? Yes, I don't know what I'm assisting. Her head is stuck. Where? Oh, Brief break hair. of transmission. You think a podcast would edit this out? Where is it stuck? Okay, this is um, this is great for our show. Okay, all better. Now I lost what I trying to thought. Um, they're they're in their suits and they're doing the shrinking and the growing and there's kind of a an ongoing sort of you know trope with the Ant-Man suit and things like that. But, yeah, like, they've got these, you know, as they did in the first film, but there's a large portion with technology and kind of, you know, in the trailer we see the giant Pez dispenser and there's a scene where 
uh, the wasp again in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler, where she's got a knife thrown at her and she's small and she kind of, like, you know, uses a knife to ricochet in, in a fight, like... And it all looks incredibly fantastic, like, when they're small, when they're big, and everything along those lines. So, uh, I mean, again, nothing to complain about there, but here's a question for you, because this is something that we don't often have on these shows, females. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that I could contribute. I mean, how do you see this as having a female superhero on screen in the, in the Marvel universe. I know you haven't seen the DC one, so you can't really it, comment on that. But does it, it bother you? I've or? seen, I've seen you've one. You've seen one? Okay well, okay, well, I mean, I forgot about that. But, I mean, can, is it, I'll start with the first question. I mean, how is it to you to see sort of like, does it do anything, change anything to you as a female? Like, yeah, there's a female superhero on screen. No. So it doesn't matter, I, matter to you? It's a very, like, feministic thing. But, it, like, it makes no difference to me, honestly. And I think... I know that she's supposed to be a superhero, but I think she's more of a sidekick, and I don't think that they're going to get her out of a sidekick role anytime soon, as the Wasp, not Wonder Woman, just to clarify. And I I agree, because I think Marvel's focus on that spectrum is Captain Marvel, and we haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. We're about to see her in the next film, and then she'll have a bigger role in the next Avengers film next year. So this time next year, sad to say that I feel the Wasp is kind of going to be put in the back burner, because it's all going to be about Captain Marvel. Do you think that she'll get her own movie eventually? I mean, Marvel have a habit of kind of keeping their solo franchises in, in trilogies, um... And I feel like they will do one more eventually. I don't think it will be on the cast many times soon because you look at Thor. Nobody probably thought they would have done a third Thor movie after The Dark World because that was universally disliked. Um, but they did Ragnarok. It completely restarted the franchise and everyone loved Thor Ragnarok. So it wouldn't surprise me if we do have a third one and it wouldn't surprise me if it is around the Wasp. And I, I would like to see a Wasp movie. I would not be opposed to seeing it, because I just love Ant-Man, so, you know, anything in that universe. But, again, just going back to the reviews and everything, where kind of they really try and sell this as a, a groundbreaking achievement for Marvel, you know, great for the, the feminist agenda and everything, and it, to me, they just oversell that, and I don't I get why they go for that angle. Honestly, I think it's more for the feminist agenda to look at the villain than it is to look at the Wasp, or one of the villains. That's a good point. Um, but I think she's a bad villain. I do too. But I just think that it's like a role that is more often played by a woman than a female superhero. Mm. But I'm trying to think of like female villains who aren't evil stepmothers or evil mothers in Disney movies. <laughs> Uh, I'm having a really hard time here. <laughs> I don't know if I know as many as I uh, the. I mean, in Moana, the um, that's a Disney movie. But you, I thought you were talking about purely Disney movies. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of ones who aren't in Disney movies. Oh, um, uh, what's her name? The Enchantress in Suicide Squad. She's not a st- yeah. Set, that's true. Um, oh, there's plenty. Um, I like. I know there are. I just. I was picturing like um, Snow White, Electra King in the world is not enough. You haven't seen it. Queen, the queen who looks in the mirror, 
who's the fairest of them all and the evil stepmother yeah, yeah, and Cinderella and like that's really what I was thinking so you're kind of saying that <laughs> but it's rare to see a female villain who's not kind of a cliche sort of <sighs> overbearing yes evil I, bitch, guess. I guess I don't know I don't know where I was going with that but I just feel like she almost played a more prominent but a role that I did not enjoy. But, like, a more prominent role than the Wasp did. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of intertwined in some aspect with her story. But, yeah, I mean, it's... I couldn't engage with her story. Like, it's... Her, her purposes for wanting the tech around what's going on with saving the mother. Like, it, it just... It doesn't make sense to me that... And I don't think this is a spoiler. But that she wouldn't just, like, ask them... Yeah, yeah, like, no, 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 I get it. Or, like, can can I, you know, maybe we team up or something? Like, yeah, I, I like guess... she it, went yeah. from 1 to 100. Agree, agree. There that's, was that's a good no in-between at all. We, yeah. And, like, the other thing is, the guy, the Matrix guy... Goggins guy, yeah. Oh, no, Lawrence Fishman, mm, right, right. Yeah, 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 him. He was kind of, like, her uh, friend. Uh, uh, uh. I don't think we're meant to say because that's kind of a, a reveal when we see it. Oh, Jack, good job spoiling it. That's awkward. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's what I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh. You were halfway there. You were you were John Bon Joving it. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to spoil anything. Just move on, move on. I didn't hear it. But now I don't know how to make the point I was trying to make. I think at the end of the Basically, day... Basically, she should not have gone from 1 to 100, is my opinion. I think people complain enough about um, the Darren Cross character in the first Ant-Man as being a pretty poor villain. I think after watching this movie, Darren Cross is a great villain <laughs> compared... Because at least he had a motive. You you understood why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah. And I think... It is definitely a film that improves and enhances the villain in the first Ant-Man movie. Um, and it's kind of, it's a bit of a miss from Marvel because we've had two great movies this year, uh, two great villains in both their movies this year. Um, with Michael B. Jordan in, in Black Panther and with Thanos in, oh. in, uh, Infinity War. So we've kind of had two really strong movies with villains in it this year only to kind of be let down all of a sudden. Uh, and Ragnarok last year had Jeff Goldblum as a sort of villain, so that was going to be that was always going to be fantastic. Um, but I guess kind of my point was just kind of them trying to sell this with a feminist agenda. I mean, I think they're just overselling it. And I think, as we've established before, DC is actually well ahead on that side of things because they had Wonder Woman as what was that their third, fourth film, and they release they introduce her in the second movie anyway. So I mean, and the DC universe is only five films in. This is, I think, the twentieth MCU film. So, yeah, say what you will about DC, we are the podcast that will defend DC to the death. Um, they are ahead definitely of the game. Um, but yeah, as for just quickly closing sequence, uh, can't really say too much about it. But say for that, there is another one right at the end, which kind of isn't. It's kind of one of those troll ones, sort of like Spider-Man Homecoming. You haven't seen that yet, have you? But um, you're trying to think what it is. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, there was drums involved, if you could. I mean, there's, there's a slight little bit... With the, like, uh, what is Ant-Man? He's an ant. 
There's drums and there's something related. Oh! There you go. But the one thing I say, while it's kind of like one of those troll ones where you're thinking it's going to be something major and it's not, but there, there is something subtle in it which I appreciate, which is related to the other one. But, uh, I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming... I still really don't understand what you're The trying. Spider-Man Homecoming one to me is still my favourite troll one because you haven't seen it yet, but you yeah. literally get to the end of the Spider-Man Homecoming credits and Captain America comes on the screen and he's like... Don't you hate it when you wait around for something and then it's just such a disappointment and he just kind of stares at the screen and he's like, me too, and he just walks off. It's just basically saying, like, you've waited around to try and see something cool and it's oh, just it's funny. Oh, I get it. Yeah. That's kind of a play on um, the Ferris Bueller thing. Yeah, though. yeah. What are you still doing here? Yeah. It makes me so happy that you like that movie. We need to do that movie soon. That is like That it. was in the new Deadpool movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first Deadpool Oh, the first Deadpool movie. I love those movies. Ferris Bueller, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, box office wise, before we get to reviews, I mean, and we'll get some final thoughts on you, on your thoughts, your final thoughts on your thoughts. That makes sense, Ben. Um, I mean, at the time of recording this, it's been out for just under a week. Um, and 92 million for an opening sort of few days, which I guess people would call that a disappointment because it's a Marvel movie. Um, and worldwide, another 85 million. 178 globally. That's 178 million. Um, which I think is respectable. I mean, Ant-Man, again, was never going to blow anyone out of the water. I mean, the first Ant-Man only made $180 million. So this has already made half of that in one weekend. So to me, this should go the $200 million mark. Um, and look, again, it's it's a respectable movie. It's it's not terrible. It's I think this is kind of, you go into this and you get what you're expecting from this movie. Nothing's going to surprise you. Maybe the slightness that there's not as much on the Wasp as you think there's going to be. But, like, I mean, you don't leave this movie going, oh, well, that wasn't what I was expecting. I think you kind of leave the cinema going, yeah, that's an Ant-Man movie. I think it was honestly a little less than I was expecting it to be. But not as much as other movies. I don't have other movie examples right now that are disappointments, but... Not as much as it could have been. Safest bet of the three Marvel movies this year. Again, Black Panther, I went into it not knowing what to expect. Everyone came out of it and absolutely loved it. I thought it was overrated. Uh, Infinity War, I think we were kind of blown away from it, thought it was good, had some issues, but mostly we enjoyed it thoroughly. This, yeah, just exactly what I was expecting. So, anything further you wish to add on your thoughts of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Before we, uh... I want to watch it again. So do I. It's just not... Let's go see it. Honestly, a memorable movie to me. Like, it's just... It's not... Big. Like, I think... Little, it's ant I think that the first one... Was... A lot more than this one was. Well, I think a lot of that probably came down to... Because I don't think anyone knew what to expect from Ant-Man. Because when it first comes out, you're thinking, Ant-Man, what the hell is this? Like, it was like when you first saw Guardians of the Galaxy. You're like, what's this? Like, this is weird. Yeah, but at least their follow-up movies are good. Well, I think this is still a good movie. (laughs) I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Just like this, they played it safe. They just... Whereas I think the difference is... Guardians of the Galaxy 1 maybe didn't have much of a plot. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 did. Ant-Man 1 had a plot. Ant-Man 2 maybe didn't. Yeah. So I kind of think they kind of reverse themselves. I personally preferred Guardians of the Galaxy 2 over Guardians of the Galaxy 1, but I still like Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I personally prefer Ant-Man 1 over this, but I still like this movie. 
So that's kind of how how I look at it. Like, rent it. You're gonna rent it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm still gonna buy this movie. No. Um, Ant Man is still my favorite Marvel character. Um, I mean Ant Man is is still my number one film out of all the MCU's. This. Captain I don't know where... I haven't just bothered to rank this yet. Cap- Captain America? Anything else you want to say? Captain America. Um, but that is Ant-Man and the Wasp. That is that is what we've done here. Um, the end. Our next spoiler-free review will probably be... <laughs> I tried. Excuse me. Um, Colin is going to uh, the movies, which is good for Colin. Um, <laughs> Congratulations, he, Colin. He is going to see this, but he just hasn't seen it uh, just yet. Um, he is going to go see a movie which he did tell me about, which I'm trying to find what he's going to go see. But uh, anyway, just trust me when I say he's going to go see another movie. Um, uh, Sicario is what he's going to see. I don't know what that is. I but, don't know what that is either. Um, but Can look out for it, it. All, all of you Sicario fans out there. Um, Sicario Day of the Salado. Is that in a biscuit? Um, it's, uh, look, this is a great... Oh, it's a new Benicio Del Toro, Josh Brolin movie. Okay, actually, no, I think I do kind I of know who that is. I don't know who any of those people are. Okay, Josh Brolin is Thanos. I know who that is. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Colin said he's going to do that. Good for him. But in the meantime, I think the next big one that you need to look forward to is, obviously, because we're in the middle of doing a month on these films, is Mission the latest Impossible. Mission Impossible film. Um, now, you haven't... I thought you were going to be on these episodes with us, but you haven't. Um, but are you looking forward to a Mission Impossible Fallout? I think I need to watch the one that you're watching tomorrow night with you so that I can, like, kind of catch up a little. Right. And you, I don't think... it's been a while since I've watched them. And I don't think you know who Henry Cavill is, because you've never seen any of his movies as Superman, have you? So, I'm looking we forward to... We Googled him the other day. You did. I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of Mr. Henry Cavill, because I'm looking forward to seeing Henry Cavill in a non-Superman role. So... Yes, that's that's an interesting thing. But yes, Mission Impossible, obviously we're a bit delayed. Uh, we had a week off last week, just some scheduling conflicts in terms of uh, number four, but uh, we're looking at putting that out uh, as soon as we record it. Third Watch, Nip Tuck and Lost, all episodes coming out your way. I believe Colin also doing The Amazing Race Canada, oh, yes. which is just starting up again. Uh, do you watch The Amazing Race Canada? No, but I like The Amazing Race. You, but do you like The Amazing Race Canada? I've never watched one. Wow, okay. Well, maybe you need to... Do that, possibly. Um, yes. And as always, we appreciate your support, your feedback, your comments, your money. Um, if you want to send it to us. Yeah. Like, just fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> send us money. Like, that's all we want. Just money. All right? Money. Make it rain. Make it rain those dollar bills. Um, I shouldn't try it again because it doesn't ever turns out. No. Well. <laughs> uh, I keep saying, uh, I don't really know. Uh, anything else? I, 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 I've asked you that like five times already. Can you hear that sound? That's my nose. She, she's banging the microphone on her. Does it make a sound? I, I don't know. Uh, just a note to Jamie out there, should she Hi, listen Jamie. to this with Colin. Uh, good news for you. Paul Wright is shirtless in this film in one scene. So, when he gets in the bath and he has that flashback. Yeah. Obviously, clearly so memorable that Mallory doesn't remember <laughs> him shirtless. Um, Is Paul Rudd attractive? I thought you found Paul Rudd attractive. 
I find Paul Rudd like attractive. a quirky way. Like, Paul Rudd's, like, nice guy attractive. Paul, guy's, Paul Rudd's, like, me attractive. Like, it's not necessarily <laughs> about the looks, but his personality's enough that it makes him attractive. Yes. Like, I don't swing that way, but, you know, I'd hang out with Paul Rudd. So would I. I'd, I'd let you, you know, go on a date with Paul Rudd, as long as I could come too. <laughs> and Evangeline Lilly can join as well. Fun double date. That would be a fun double. Come on. Yes. You, can you imagine right now, if Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly were like, how you doing? I'm Paul Rudd. I'm Evangeline Lilly. Sweet. I'm Ben. I'm Mallory. Cool. Let's go play music bingo. We're going to have a fun night. Why do we not get last names in this scenario? Why do they only get last names? Because they're famous. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so famous, people just know us by our first names. We're like Madonna. What is Ruddy's first name? Ruddy's. Ruddy? Who's Ruddy? Isn't he a footballer? Oh, Juddy. Juddy. Chris Judd. Are you thinking of our former Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd? Some of the people yes. call him Ruddy. Um, yeah, I'm now close. I think you're just getting sidetracked. Uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd on. month. Oh, that'd be a fun month for us to do on the Oz Network. I'd be down for Paul I Rudd month. I have seen Ant-Man. You've seen Ant-Man? I've seen Ant-Man You've seen I Love You, Man? I've we seen watched that recently. I Love You, Man. Yeah. Uh, you've seen The 40-Year-Old Virgin. We watched that recently. You've seen Friends. Oh, yeah, he's in Friends. He's Phoebe's husband. I know. Yeah, I just forget Mike. sometimes. I'm um, just looking at some other ones here that we could do um, that I at least have seen. This is just extending this episode out um, ever longer. Um, he did a movie with Tina Fey. Admission. I'd watch that. That sounds cool. Oh, Anchorman. Of course, he's in both the Anchorman movies. Haven't seen them. <gasps> um, he's in This Is The End. That's pretty funny, that movie. This Is The End. That's kind of okay. Um, I've really not heard of any. Oh, Dinner for Schmucks. Have you seen Dinner for Schmucks? No. Dinner for Schmucks is hilarious. Is that an Adele song? Oh, I don't really give a shit about her. Um, basically, Paul Rudd is like gets this new job. And this person at his job has like a dinner where they bring unique people. Are, are you listening or are you singing Adele? You're singing Adele. You're not listening, are you? You're just like the rest of our audience. Can I explain this movie? Or shall we end it? Something about a dinner at a business and they bring unique people. So they bring unique people to this dinner. Is he a unique person? No, Paul Rudd brings Steve Carell, who is a unique person because he gets uh, like mice and he mummifies them and dresses them up as little people and puts them in people situations. It's really, <laughs> like, it's yeah. actually really I funny. Watch this it's movie. a remake of that something. sounds really terrible. But, um, yeah, it's funny. It's actually funny. Oh, he's in Role Models. I've never seen that. It's got Sean Williams. Kind of like him. Mm, I like Paul Rudd. So we need to do more about Paul Rudd. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Mallory is going to keep singing out. <laughs> it's stuck in my head now. This is your fault. I didn't start. You said Adele. You said this is the end in one of her songs. This so is twist. the end. Yeah, that's what I did. That, no, you said the other one that was her song, but you said it differently. What? No, that's what I did first. Oh, and then I started Paul singing is. Skyfall. I don't know if it's the same song. He turns 50 next year. It's pretty good for his what? age, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, right? No way. Born 6th of April, 1969. He turns 50 next year. What? I know. He's got two kids, apparently, too. No way. That can't be right. I don't believe you. Would you like some trivia on Paul Rudd? I think we all want some trivia on Paul Rudd. He's been friends with Jennifer Anderson since they were age 21, both before they succeeded. There Was that before or after Friends, though? Well, I mean, he would have been 21 in 1990, so that would have been before Friends. He was 21 five years before I was born. 
Mm-hmm. He How was twenty six when the year you were born. Uh, he was a DJ. Um, there you go. He is a self-described mega fan of the TV show Lost. He had volunteered to interview cast member Emily DeRaven, whom, oh my God, really, who he never met for Interview Magazine because of his love for the series. So that means, basically, that he would be fanboying out over the fact that he gets to make out with Kate from Lost. You should... That is amazing. I was going to say, you should try to get an interview with him for your Lost things. Like, that would be the way we would get him on the show. It wouldn't yeah. be like, hey, Paul Rudd, can we get to talk about Crick? Can we get you on to talk about Lost? Yeah. Um, that's actually kind of hilarious. Um, yeah, he's got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I didn't know that. Um, he is an avid fan of the Kansas City Royals, and he threw out the first pitch before the game with across state rivals St. Louis Cardinals on June 22nd, 2012. Appeared in a Super Nintendo commercial in 1991. When um, he would have been 22. Prior to joining the cast 20, of Friends, two, he co-starred with Jennifer Anderson in The Object of My Affection. There you go. Uh, This is we're just extending this episode for no reason, apparently. Um, Cool. Uh, These are really boring trivia. Can I just say? (laughs) Uh, He's a huge fan of the rock band Rush. Well, we know that from watching "I Love You, Man." Um, Let's see here. Um, In "Knocked Up," his character makes a reference to seeing Spider-Man three on the movies. Nine years later, his character Ant-Man in Captain America Civil War literally fights Spider-Man. Cool. <laughs> these, these are literally two <laughs> trivia facts about Paul Rudd, according to IMDb. Now, you tell me if these are warranted of trivia. Attended the premiere of Role Models at the Parthimont Cinema in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Followed by, attended the VIP screening of I Love You, Man at the Soho Hotel in London, England. Yeah. Anyway... My name is Ben, and I've got wings. And my name is Mallory, and the quote that I wanted to use is the one about his mom telling him to make lists, and then he makes a list, and there's like three and three A or something like that, but I couldn't find it online. Oh, no, my quote's the one where he is maybe somebody else, and he's pretending to be someone else, and it's kind of funny. Because he's still poor Rudd, but he's actually someone else. Because somebody else is in his body. And he's being... Just thank you for listening. Good night. I don't remember that part. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.